Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about today about living with purpose and and about Solomon. Solomon saying, meaningless, what's it all about? And I think our dear sister this morning was, was really struggling. So she showed up this morning at 8.30 and, and I gave her, gave her a coffee and gave her some towel to take a shower. And, but we pray for her. How do we as a congregation care for people with mental health issues? How do we care for people who don't fit in? How do we care for a person who comes up here and makes all sorts of noise? Well, I think we care for them with love as best we can. You know, I don't know what to do. I just love her. Um, so let's do our best to care for one another, even our hurting ones. Yeah. yeah. We had many come and visit us in Kenya. Sarah and I loved our, our life in Kenya for 10 to 15 years. And um, I had a lady come with me one time. We were up in the desert, and we came down. We were in uh, Ukambani, uh, an area, a mountainous area. And we stopped in at a church. We had a clinic and a church together. And, um, and as we got there, the women came, and they started singing beautiful songs. And this guest, this Canadian who came to visit us, just loved hearing the, the singing. And the, the ladies, the Kenyan ladies, would sing and dance. And ukichamushamaji. Um, uh, Beautiful, beautiful words. And this friend of mine, she had tears coming down her cheeks. She says, oh, that's such a beautiful song. And she goes, uh, uh, Rob, what does it mean? And I, I didn't want to translate it. But um, it's uki maji, if you boil the water. Your children won't get diarrhea. And... Uh, and and she was worshiping God to these words in Swahili. She just loved this song. And when I told her, she just burst out laughing. You know, she was a little confused. She, she confused a passion for children and clean water and health with a passion for faith. And, um, and we laughed at our confusion. We live in this confusing world. And um, today we're looking at King Solomon and how he was confused about this meaningless in life. Um, he wrote, uh, let me read from the message, smoke, nothing but smoke. There's nothing to anything. It's all smoke. What's there to show for a lifetime of hard work, a lifetime of working your fingers to the bone? One generation goes its way, the next one arrives. But nothing changes. It's, bill, it's business as usual for the old planet Earth. This is out of the message version. It's, it's powerful. The sun comes up, the sun goes down. Then it does it again and again, the same old thing. The wind blows south, the wind blows north, around and around it blows. Blowing this way and then that, whirling erratic wind. All the rivers flow out to the sea, but the sea never fills up. The rivers keep flowing to the same old place and then start all over again and do it again. Everything is meaningless. Utterly, everything is utterly boring. No one can find any meaning in it. Can you imagine that? That's King Solomon. That's King Solomon. Everything is meaningless. Now, he was shaking his head. What is life all about? What is, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? I don't, have you felt like King Solomon? Have you ever wondered, what's this about? What's this about, Lord? What's my purpose? 
Why am I here? Lord, use me. But, but, but I, I, I don't quite understand. Again, Solomon writes, I applied my mind to study and to wisdom, all it's done under the heavens. This is 1.13. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. Solomon says, I've seen all things that are done under the sun, and all of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. And there's a lot of people whose lives are like wind blowing one way and the other. They just don't have any purpose and meaning. And it makes me think of our dear Katarina. You know, when, when she's on her medication, things seem to be okay. But as soon as you go off your medication, things sort of fall apart. And she forgot to put her socks on this morning. And she, she put on a pair of boots with holes in them. And she was freezing this morning. Meaningless, meaningless, Solomon writes. So what are we here for? What is life about? What's our purpose? We all have to ask that question. These are the kind of questions we read from King Solomon. He wasn't afraid to ask these difficult questions. And I think most of us at some point in our life have these same questions. What's my purpose? In the end, chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote these final words. He says in, in chapter 12, the last verses, Serve God, do what he tells you, and that's it. Simple. I should just finish the sermon right there. Serve God, do what he tells you, that's it. Our purpose, according to King Solomon, is to keep his mitzvah, his commandments, to keep God's commandments. When we talk about our purpose, we tend to start with me. What's my purpose? We tend to think about my purpose. What is the purpose of my life? What do I want out of it? What do I deserve? How can I get ahead? But what if we approach things a little differently? We don't ask about what is, it in for, what is my life about for me and ask, um, is my life about something bigger than me? Is my life about more than me? About my success, my health, my wealth, my happiness? We're, we get so small and we just see ourselves. But... Christ says that your life is about something so much bigger than you. So much bigger than you. Jesus came proclaiming the good news. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. He came proclaiming, saying, accept me and let me use you. Your purpose isn't about you being used yourself. Our purpose is about God using us. He came talking about much more than our pursuit of happiness. We're not always happy. Should we always be happy? Is that our goal, to be happy? I don't think so. Happiness is wonderful, but that's not the goal of my life. That's not my purpose. It's not about being, I, I hear it on TV, be the best you. I'm not, I don't think that's our goal either. It's God using me to make the best world for, for us, for others. Then it'll be good for me. When I, when I care for those around me. Here's the good news. Hello, little one screaming. Here's the good news. Number one, you are not an accident. God has put you here for a purpose. Your birth was no mistake. It's no mishap. Your life is not a fluke of nature. God put you here for a reason. 
Amen? Yes, you are here for a purpose. Number two, something drives your life. Some people seem to be driven by guilt, some by fear, some by materialism, some by seeking approval. What would your friends say is your driver in your life? What is driving your life? Some of you, it's lovely. It seems like you're driven by your love for your grandchildren. That's a pretty good thing, being driven by love. What drives you? What gives you passion? The good news is that Christ calls us to be passionate followers of him. We are to be disciples. That's to be what's driving us. A disciple is a student, a learner, an apprentice. We're, we're learning. We're, we're, our goal is to be serving Christ the best we can as his disciples, looking to him as his apprentices, learning from him, learning how to live from him. Next, there's more to life than this life. We are eternal beings who live forever. I've done too many funerals here. Standing on this stage saying goodbye to beautiful men and women who've had extraordinary lives. Some of your husbands and your wives, your grandpas and your grandmas. Faith isn't just about now, but my life is about eternity. Decisions we make now affect us eternally. And so, in some ways, the funerals that I've done for those who follow Christ are there's a certain joy in them. There's a fulfillment. A life well lived. Do you want to live well? Do you want a life well lived? Do you? Yeah. Me too. I'm never going to be rich. I'm never going to be beautiful. But I'm going to be useful for Christ. Amen? Yeah and a disciple of his. And my decision when I was 14 years old to follow Jesus Christ was a decision that changed my life eternally. Changed my life here, how I love, how I serve, how I act, what I do, but it changes me eternally. And I'm a child of God. Amen? Can you say that with me? I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Someone say it in German. Thank you, Lydia. I'm a child of God. Life on earth is a temporary assignment. This world is not our ultimate home. Hebrews 11 says that even Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. So let's not make ourselves too comfortable here. Some of us are building beautiful bathrooms. Enjoy your bathroom. But it's not your home. It's going to be a beautiful bathroom, though. Basic commandment comes from Luke 10, 10, 27. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Can we do that? Loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Our neighbor was up here this morning. She was dancing in bare feet, needing to love the unlovable, caring for those in need. My purpose is to love God and to love others. I think we have that one, David, don't we? My purpose, let's say that one together. My purpose is to love God 
and love others. I sort of simplified Luke 10. It says, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Well, my purpose is to love God and to love others. That's what life is about, giving it away. So you have a purpose. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're his handiwork, and he's created things for us to do, so just do it. We have a high calling, a, a holy purpose. We're made to do God's work. You know, our life is not our own. It belongs to Jesus. The ultimate goal of the universe is to show the glory of God. God's glory is the expression of his goodness and, and all his eternal qualities. Where do you see the glory of God? I see a beautiful baby. I see the glory of God in creating beautiful little ones. Where do you see the glory of God? God's glory is shown in creation. It's everywhere. The smile, smallest microscopic form of life to the, the Milky Way. From sunsets to sunrises, in storms and in seasons, in beautiful cactuses. I get invited, uh, Uncle Doft invited me over to his house a number of times over the summer, but he didn't, uh, I didn't really go to see him, I went to see his flowers. <laughs> These are his beautiful flowers, cactus flowers. We see God's creation uh, and um, his glory through his creation, through beautiful things. Look at these flowers. I don't know how many of you know, but I love flowers. I love flowers. If you're thinking of giving Pastor Rob flowers or, or chocolate or something, it's a, no one gives me those things anyway. But anyway, if you had a choice, I would take flowers. Yeah, I love, I love my garden. I love orchids. In Kenya, I was a member of the Orchid Society. It was me and 60 blue-haired ladies. Lovely ladies grew these orchids, and I, I loved the Orchid Society. Nature shows God's creative power. Look at that flower. Look at that beauty. Creation reveals God's glory. Nature shows God's glory in profound ways. God's glory is seen in how he miraculously provides for his people throughout the ages. When we read the Bible, when we reflect on our lives, we need to remember that God provides for us miraculously. How many of you have an orchid in your house? Do you have an orchid? Look at those orchid lovers. We love God's creation in front of our eyes. It gives us, it gives us joy. Yeah. God's glory is ultimately shown in Jesus Christ. When we look at Jesus, we see God's ultimate creation brought to earth to give us life forever. God's glory is, is shown through his life, death, and resurrection. God shows his glory in how Jesus lives, how he lived humbly, Lovingly. It's beautiful. We see how our lives ought to be lived when we see the life of Christ. We see the flowers and we say, oh, wow, that's a Phalaenopsis. Easter lilies, that beautiful scent. We see the flowers and we say, wow, God is good. But God looks at us and says, it is good. He created men and women. He created us. And he said, Travis, it is good. He is good. 
He created you and said, it is good. You are the glory of the creation. The glory of God is shown in us and through us as we worship him, as we love and care for each other, as we apprentice with Jesus, become more and more like Jesus Christ, as we serve others with our gifts, with our love, and as we tell others about him, God's glory shines through us. Isn't that amazing that God can use you and me? He counts on it. The flowers are beautiful and the skies are incredible, the mountains, the seas, but God chose us to reveal his creation. Living all of our life for the glory of God requires something from us, though. It requires a change in our priorities, change in our schedules, a change in our relationships, pretty much a change in everything if we're going to be used of Christ. It means choosing a different path, sometimes a difficult path, rather than the easy path. It means giving to others when we'd rather keep. It means coming to worship on an icy Sunday morning even though it might be safer to stay home. It means studying God's word every day, loving the stranger, forgiving those who hurt you. Can we do that? Can we do that? We say, Father, use my life to glorify your name. We say, Father, these hands, they are yours. These feet, they're yours. This heart, it's yours. Do something with my life. My purpose is to serve you. And he says, you, you glorify me by being my disciple. Disciples choose to walk, to learn, to try. They're not perfect. They pick themselves up and keep on walking. Amen? That's us. That's us. We are his disciples. And he uses us as we walk and learn and try and Forgive? Who here is perfect? Because, man, I'd love to take you to lunch. I got a lot to learn. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. We're trying. We got Kassler in the back there. He's studying so hard, doing his master's degree. We're trying to, 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 to study to serve Christ. We work hard to serve Christ. We deliver mail to serve Christ. We play guitar. We take care of our babies to serve Christ. Disciples are people who choose to walk with Jesus through all of their experiences in life. Disciples choose to learn in all of the circumstances they encounter. And this morning I learned, you know, when Katarina comes, she comes to me. Um, and I have a choice. I can welcome her as a person in need or I can be too busy working on my sermon. And one thing that Katarina doesn't get very much, and I think a lot of people in her situation, is she doesn't get very many handshakes or hugs. She doesn't. I'm very careful with her, but she needs, she needs that hand of, of welcome. And after you've shaken and hugged a Katarina, she stays with you. I think that's what a disciple does. And sometimes it's not easy. 
You know, sometimes we fall as disciples, then we have to pick ourselves up and keep walking. Do you need help today? How are your kids? How are your grandkids? Let's pray for one another. Let's take care of one another. You know, it's a, it's a difficult life for our children. Those, those devices, those computers, dealing with temptations and struggles. Do you need help? That's why God made the church. Let's help one another. He created us as disciples to serve, to pray, to love one another. Thank you for listening to my sermon, but sometimes the best thing I do every week is not my sermon. It's, uh, it's caring for you and caring for the needy who come here during the week. Right now, God is inviting us to live for his glory by fulfilling the purpose he made for you. And it's the only way to live. Let me finish with this scripture from the message. The scripture says, Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God, Jesus Christ. Everything we need to please God, to have a life of purpose, is given to us by Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. And it's a new year, and Lord, help me to grow in my awareness that you are my sustenance and that I don't need anyone else. You have everything I need, and you give me this family to care for and to love. Help me to continuously recognize that only you can make me become the person that you want me to be. Father, live in me. Help me to rest in your strength as I realize that I am weak and I need your strength. I pray that I might be solely and wholly committed to you, to walk with you all the days of my life. I pray that I may be wholly contented with my life from this day forward. And I pray that the devil will not have a chance to sift me and move me from the kingdom that you have called me to. I pray that my reliance on you will grow deeper and deeper today and that my assurance in you will grow wider and wider. I pray that my faith in you may grow stronger and my zeal to serve you bigger. I pray that I may continue to rely on your wisdom and will no longer lean on my own understanding but wholly rely on you. I pray that I may yield to your instructions at all times and make you first in all I do. Amen. Amen. Did you pray that prayer with me? Because if, if we pray that prayer and we mean it, it, it changes our lives. It changes our lives, that prayer of recommitment. And some of us need to make some changes in our lives and we need help. And we are here for you. As a church family, as a group of elders, as your pastors and leaders, we love you. Some of you need to, to make this church your home. You've been coming for a while, but you haven't committed. You, you're not sure. Well, join, join the family this year. Join our church family. Join the body of Christ, more importantly, globally, and become, become a member of God's church. We love you, and we pray for purpose for this year.
listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.